Do you know where to go in order to read about all the latest esports content? Stay up to date, as we do, by visiting www.respawn.ninja, providing the best gaming content that Australia and New Zealand has to offer. Welcome to episode double eight of Business in Games, also known as The Big Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Mayo-Smith. In this show, we chat about anything gaming and tech, tackling the big and small business topics. Today with me, I have Lewis Mitchell, three years in the gaming scene as the Twitch Australia and New Zealand Partnerships Manager, previously at Spiral. Lewis, mate, how are you today? Good, mate. How are you? Yeah, it's pretty good. It's quite cold down here in Melbourne, I will say. It's cold here as well. So, you know, we've... uh Everyone's rugged up. I've got. I've actually got a jumper on. I've got a second hoodie on. I'm ready to crack in. So let's let's do it, man. Thankfully for me, I'm, I'm at Rowie's home studio, who's our audio guy, Rowie AU on Twitter, and and he's got the heater cranking. So I'm I'm doing I'm going great, guys. Oh, I actually well, rode my I actually rode my push bike here, and it was it was freezing. It's a big difference. It's walking in from the Antarctica into an inferno, but um, it's good <laughs> for me now. It's good for me. So I just wanted to to launch into it straight away just to i guess understand what your role actually is as the partnerships manager because i guess as as tech and content creation and esports and technology is growing there's a lot of job titles that didn't exist before a few years ago and and some people get a bit confused so could you just run us through a little bit of maybe the day-to-day and then also just a little bit about what your job role title what your job role is behind the title yeah sure so i the the official title of my job is partnerships partnerships associate now, in the US, that would be that would mean that I would be handling a group of Twitch partners, and also I'd be given secondary responsibilities that could end up being, let's say, I know a new product is coming out that involves all the partners. Therefore, it's their job to then make sure everyone internally understands the messaging, works with the product manager that's that's running the whole thing, and kind of. Um, and then passes it on to the partners and passes it on to the, the wider industry. Mm. With myself, because we don't have anyone else here, it kind of becomes a default, please wear many hats for us in that, yes, look after this group of partners, but then also go and look at content acquisition, go and look at how you can create partnerships, uh, what sort of programs can we create in the market to kind of get the community going, uh, and then any events, any anything really that you feel is going to help Twitch in Australia and New Zealand, ju- just go and do at the end of the day. And that's what it's really become. So ultimately... As I say, if, if we had a big headcount here, then it would be a very different role to what I'm actually doing at the moment. Yeah. So that, you know, that kind of helps me launch into another one of the questions that I had here written down is, is you know, how do you find it being being the, the Twitch in Australia and New Zealand? You know, you are the only one on the ground and it's very similar to what I do with Corsair as well, being the one and sure. only with, you know, we've, we've got, we've both got support of people in other countries um, who, you know, might come over every now and then to help out with larger events. But, you know, how do you find the day to day and running it being Twitch Twitch.dad.au, as you've been described before. <laughs> I don't know how to describe myself with that, but um, thank you, whoever did. But it, it's ultimately, it's good and bad because I get the freedom to say, okay, this is, this is an idea that I have in my head. Are you guys happy for me to push on with this? And ultimately, I get the freedom to go, yeah, yeah, you know what? This is something that we can see as to why you'd want to do it. So, so go for it. At the same time, like anyone, any, everyone has their ups and downs, right? So everyone has a good idea on a day and they know that they've got to put this proposal together and they know that this is the ROI on it and 
this is, this is all coming together and this is what I can justify my time with. Mm. But then there's those days where you just, you can't work out w- what the next step is and who you need to go and talk to next and, and why you need to go and talk to this person over this person and who, who is the best, who is the best person to partner with at this point in time. And it's those days, those are the days that are really tough because there's no one to bounce those ideas off. Because at the end of the day, like you're saying, I've got that support of the guys in the US and at any time I can get on Slack and that is the 21st century and just say, hey man, what do you think of this idea? But ultimately they've got their own work to do. They've got their own responsibilities at the same time. And not to say that they won't bounce some ideas, but I've got them until let's say 11 o'clock in the morning. And then after that, it's you're on your own again, go. And those are the days that it gets really difficult. So taking a step back and looking more into the whole ecosystem of content creation in Australia and New Zealand, how do you find it differs majorly between the US and, and the EU as a whole? We're not that different, to be honest with you. I will say that we're actually quite innovative in a lot of the, the talent and a lot of, a lot of content that keeps getting worldwide press for being very different ends up coming from this region. I'd give you the example of a, a guy called Dylan Beck, who is better known by Rudeism. Uh, I don't know if you know this guy. This is the guy that keeps getting put in the news for all of the ridiculous controllers that he makes. Mm. So he played Overwatch with bananas. He, um, he, but he got a Nerf, Nerf bow and arrow and played Hanzo as that. Uh, what's that? What's the, what are the ones he's done lately? He played PUBG. He actually hooked up a pan. So when he swung the pan... It actually swung in game as well. This is all just stuff that he makes himself. Oh, my favorite is that he played Civ Six with Civ Six. Oh no, with six Civs. He tries <laughs> that a hundred times. Like the, the the guy's just a genius, but he's a really lovely, genuine guy. Uh, another example that I'll give you is the guy behind Twitch plays Pokemon, which was my window into uh, into Twitch itself. Is an Aussie guy, so the innovation is there. It's it. Sometimes we do have to be slightly different because ultimately our biggest strength is our biggest weakness. In that we are an English-speaking country, which is great in one respect because it means that you've opened yourself up to an ex, an audience of an extra four hundred million people, five hundred million people. Because ultimately, it's the it is the business language of the world at the moment, mm. um, and you're opening it up to the US and the UK audiences, which you're turning. That's what I'm saying is at least 400 to 500 million people. But it then means that you get put and bucketed in with those guys as well. So then it means how do you differentiate differentiate yourself from those people? And ultimately, it's the exact same question as what is the difference between an Aussie band versus an international band? You've got people like Flume, you've got people like uh, Tame Impala who are doing really well overseas. Why are they doing well overseas? Just because they're an Aussie band doesn't mean that they succeed and just because they're a good band doesn't mean that it's because they're Aussie. So it's the, it's the exact same concept at the end of the day. But I will say, as I say, because we've got to be a little bit more innovative, we end up with these guys like Rudeism and, and the guy behind Twitch plays Pokemon. Yeah, and that once again launches into, I guess, another question that I had in my mind, <clears throat> excuse me, which was really about, you know, what are some of the major components that current streamers in Australia and New Zealand need to be able to grow to that kind of level? How are we going to get our own beheras, our own ammunitions uh, and, and people like that? 
Yeah, I mean, it's, that's always, it's a million dollar question at the end of the day, because it's how do you differentiate yourself? And the biggest mistakes people make are that they, they, I think at the end of the day, and this goes for any streamer, not just an Australian or Kiwi streamer or someone local, it's just anyone really, is that what is the story that you are telling that no one else is telling? And I'm not saying you have to sit down at a, at a desk and turn around and go, okay, ladies and gentlemen, today we're going to be trying to complete level two of section one. Of the, I'm talking more what is the overarching story that every one of your audience gets into and and that is what drives your community to start chatting, to start interacting with each other. And it's really hard as a, as, as a streamer starting out to kind of work out what your story is and how you, how you drive that story yourself. Um, but I mean, really, it's really another question that streamers need to ask themselves when, when they are starting out is, who am I doing this for? So every streamer is going to have a, a slightly different target target market, right? So are you trying to find an American audience? Are you trying to find a UK audience? Do you think that how you, what your personality is like, does it connect better with a Southeast Asian audience? Does it connect better with, for whatever reason, a Middle Eastern audience? So you have to kind of work that out yourself. And at that point in time, you have to go, okay, then I, I'm going, once you've discovered that, you then have to go, I'm dedicating myself to that time period. And it's really hard for some people to do that because some people just want to finish work and some people can't do that. But so, for a lot of people, they finish work and they just want to go and stream and then hope something happens. But they're not thinking about the overall story. They're not thinking about what are they doing that's differentiating from any other streamer that somebody can just turn on Twitch TV and just start watching. Yeah, and it's it's very similar to almost anything in business, I think. And a few of the people that I've been mentoring, uh, in, you know, in different business aspects is how are you going to be different from the rest? One of the issues that I find personally that a lot of people do when launching a clothing brand, for example, will put their logo and only their logo massively on every shirt and expect them to sell instantly. And it's very similar to what you were saying with, you know, people need to consider their audience, consider the story they're telling and where they're pushing. Because some people can say to me, you know, but Mayo, Nike sells shirts just with their logo on it and, and so does Adidas. But then you say, okay, what, do you have the same history as that? Are you, exactly. are you yeah. too easy for it easy? Are you Bahira flexing on stream? Uh, no, you know, you're not Ice yeah. Poseidon going viral at VidCon. You're not, you're not iDubs TV. You're not anything for views dressed up in a nappy and something else ridiculous, <laughs> you know, so that, you have to build yeah, the I'm, audience first. That's a really good point. I mean, especially with your Nike analogy, and you've got a brand there that can just grab Michael Jordan winning the what was it ninety four um, series NBA series. I, I can't remember. I'm, I'm not. I, I can't remember the year exactly. But they can grab that footage, and that's the history behind them. Mm. And you're absolutely right. It's what is that history that you have? And when you're talking about history, what you're actually talking about is the trust and the knowledge that people have alongside you. Perfect example, I'd say, is a guy called Excessive Profanity. Mm. He's an Aussie streamer who is one of the only people that can go live whenever he wants, and he will end up having a 1,000 people watching him just because they know that when they tune in, it doesn't matter if he goes live at 2 in the morning, 5 in the morning, 2 p.m., whatever time it is. He's telling his story. He's re- it's going to be a quality cast because if it's not a quality cast, they know that he's going to come back the next day and kick his own ass because it wasn't a good enough cast. 
and they've come to expect that and they they understand that like like with Nike people come to expect that it is a quality brand people come to expect a quality stream from from excessive and they get that time after time after time because he knows what he's doing and because he tells that story time after time yeah so if if I'm a streamer looking to start out or or a smaller one looking to get bigger from your experience what would be some of the business acumen that they should consider training themselves in or reading up a little bit more on that is a really big question and the reason being i i've said it a few times that a lot of streamers if they do it right i genuinely believe could walk out of streaming if for whatever reason tomorrow they just went "Mm, i don't feel like streaming anymore a really good streamer would have the ability to walk into maybe not the highest level strategy job, but a mid-level marketing job. Mm. And that's, so I, I believe that they could walk in because if you ultimately look at what a marketing, any job in marketing you have to do, you have to tell a story, you have to know how to use social media, you have to build the brand up so that you get a community that trusts trusts that brand. And you have to do all of this whilst juggling a schedule. So you have to do time management as well. You also have to network. You have to be at events. You have to uh, be talking to people like yourself, Chris, and making sure that you know these people exist. You may not have budget to be able to sponsor them at this point in time, but at least that if they hit you up every couple of months and say, hey, man, have, have, has anything come of it? At mm. least you know that they know what they're doing. Mm. Um, and that's the thing. There's all of those different aspects that you're not going to, unless you've got somebody that is, and look, at the end of the day, you do have a Twitch community and a lot of people that have been there before and a lot of people that will give that advice. Uh, and so I will give advice as well if anyone <laughs> wants to listen. But it's, those are all the aspects of a marketing job. And those are all the same aspects of a streamer. The only difference is you don't have a brand to fall back on. I, I will go out and say the reason I have the amount of followers that I do have on Twitter is because I work for a brand that's bigger than me. I work for Twitch. I, they, the people that started Twitch put in the real, real early groundwork and I'm reaping some of that benefit. And yeah, okay, I'm, I'm helping them build, but those are the guys that have really started that brand. Whereas a streamer, that brand is yourself. So I would even say that they're, they're starting from the beginning and it's okay to, to make mistakes when you are learning all of those different aspects. Yeah, and I agree. And, you know, pinpointing what you were saying about keeping in touch with different vendors and talking to people about sponsorship, sponsorships and stuff. And I wanted to, you know, open the door on that a little bit. Myself, being someone who sponsors a streamer, being Oasis Overwatch, um, you know, with as much support yeah. as we can and bringing her to events and giving her products to review and give away, et cetera. And, and, you know, you identified as well about, hey, this sponsor mightn't have budget at the moment, but keep in touch with them. And I think that's that's a real skill that that a lot of Twitch streamers are starting to learn now, you know, looking into ANZ in particular. Um, I've only been in this role in Corsair for a year and a half now. Uh, with the first Corsair employee in Australia. Razor has only had local employees for two years. Steel Series, yep. you know, two or three years. Thermal Take being one of the longest who I used to work for, you know, four or five years. But in the grand scheme, it's not a long time. And keeping in touch with these guys, I guess, to say it bluntly without being annoying, is is one of the, <laughs> is no, one of the look, main things. That, it's a that genuine skill. Do. I mean, I, I could say the same about myself. Like the, the amount of times that I've hit up a publisher to try and get a program off the ground and gone, do I feel like I'm just bugging them now? You know what I mean? It's the, mm. it's the same concept for these guys as well. Mm-hmm. 
but it, it's hard. It's hard. Like, how do you know what is annoying if you've never done that before? Exactly. And, and you know, that, that ties into me saying that it, it does work. I, I do have a list of streamers who are on my watch list that I will pop into their chats every now and then and say hi and, you know, I'll follow them on Twitter um, and I will, you know, whenever I get a notification they're streaming, I'll open it up and I'll watch it for a couple of seconds and, and I'll see, you know, what are these people? Some of the questions I ask myself are what are these people streaming? You know, what is their chat talking about? Is their chat active? Um are they sponsored by any brands currently? How do they represent those brands? Uh, and how do they think about their own branding? Because, you know, someone who works for a company like Corsair, such as myself, having a, a high market share in multiple areas that we work in, for me, it's it's so much about branding these days. And that's something that I've come to learn in a professional sense that a lot of these streamers need to think about too. And, you know, mentoring some of the smaller streamers that I have in the past and currently talking to them is a lot of it is about branding. And, you know, I wanted to, to segue into you answering some of this too and, and your thoughts on what I'm saying that, you know, branding is, is very is very good for a streamer to think about early on. What kind of color scheme? Are you are you naming your viewers a certain name? Um, you think about, you know, loser fruit. Everybody knows her as fruit. You know, she's made videos of strawberries. She has strawberries in the yeah. chat. You've got certain um, certain people who have like a poo is their emoji and you get the gold like the longer you subscribe <laughs> and you know, some people build their whole persona around a certain thing. So I just wanted you to touch on that as well, how important branding is. Oh, God, it's, I mean, it's everything. There's a reason why, I, it's a really odd metaphor, but there's a reason why all the big tobacco companies right now are trying to fight the Australian government to stop playing packaging. There's, there's th- those reasons are to you and what you are trying to build, it's everything. Because that's the, what people associate their trust and their emotion with at the end of the day. And especially when your product, and I, I feel horrible almost saying that they're a product because it takes a, takes a bit of humanization around them. Mm. But if you're looking at it on a pure business basis, their product is their ability to create and create emotion, an emotional connection between them and a viewer. So if the trust is gone with that, then instantly they're not doing that their brand has been lost so if you're talking about how it what people like loser fruit for example um she is fantastic at it because she's always keeping the the fruit uh aspect alive but i mean she even could theoretically get to a point where you're just going god yeah okay we get the fruit angle if that is that the only thing you've got so it's not just about Hey, there's the fruit angle. There's also the emotional connection with the, the person as well. Mm. And that's, again, that is a new skill that really has only existed for the last probably two, three years in, in this sense. And there's, the, there's always been the, as soon as, as long as the internet has been around, and as long as video on the internet has been around, there have been some form of video and some form of connection. But mm-hmm. to, to the level that we're at now, where you are literally funding somebody's career because you have an emotional connection with them and you love what they do and you want to see them do more of it, then yeah, of course you have to keep on brand and you have to keep that trust. And you, but at the same time, you have to keep things fresh at the same as well. So how do you do that? That's, that's a very individual question for each individual caster at the end of the day. 
So going back to uh, Twitch as a business in Australia um, and your role in there, how how do your personal KPIs, which is key performance indicators for, for those listening at home, how, how do they work? What what are you measured on? How do you measure success in a role that's purely digital? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, when you say it's purely digital, we, we have more metrics that we can um, – we can record than any other analog situation, right? It's, I mean, Mm -hmm. everything that we do, every second that is viewed is recorded on our backend. So we have billions upon billions of metrics that we could touch on at any point in time. It's just what metrics actually help us. And look, for us, it's very much down to, and I don't think this is much of a secret to be honest with you, it's down to how much good quality content can we get on the platform, how many eyeballs can we get onto the platform that may or may not know about our platform because that is genuinely something that we have to keep working on. Um, and how, and the long, how, how do we get those eyeballs engaging longer with our partners so that everybody benefits? Those are ultimately my and in a roundabout way, those are my performance indicators. So mm. more eyeballs means more more minutes watched means more rev share for our partners and ultimately more rev share for us as well. Yeah, and it's about and, – and like you were saying, we, we're coming back to so many times and this is uh, quality of content. We talked about excessive profanity, um, providing himself with good branding, his branding being a quality product. You know, we talked about Twitch being about that. And, and, you know, personally, that's one of the reasons that I applied for this job at Corsair when I was asked, you know, you do a bit of research and you think, okay, the quality comes first from, you know, instead of trying to just do some marketing gimmicks or provide a cheaper service or anything like that when you're providing quality, that's what people are going to be coming back for. No one wants to watch a, a 20 FPS, 360 P stream. And, <laughs> you know, no one wants to use a Corsair keyboard that falls apart in two days and has sure. terrible key switches. So, you know, it, it comes back to a lot of the same. So touching on, touching on Twitch in Australia as a business, once again, how, how does your sales versus marketing versus other kind of structures work for some companies such as Corsair, you know, it's all internal, Others such yep. as Razor and HyperX are a mixture of, of internal and PR companies. Um, but for, for Twitch, you know, I believe that, that Twitch and ANZ uses a third-party uh, company as well for, for the sales component. Yeah, we do. So, the, I mean, it depends on which part of the sales component you talk about because the actual – if you're talking about the pre-rolls, then yes. So that is Showdown. We are, we're strongly partnered and that is what used to be Spiral which is where I came from, which is why I know, I know it well. Uh, they are our exclusive um, reseller for advertising in Australia and New Zealand. They have also built their own IPs, which link strongly with the Twitch brand as well, because it makes sense that they, they went and made content brands that are based off the platform that they, they support really strongly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... From the other side of things, I mean, if, are you talking here just purely about ever, all rev streams? Or are you are you talking who who are the the partners that we have well, that it, are creating revenue as well? Yeah, it can be a mixture of each. I mean, you know, more I guess drilling down into how the internal structure works and then how it works specifically into Australia and New Zealand, and and for sure, yeah, I want to touch on some revenue streams as well. Yeah, I mean, for Australia and New Zealand, that is that is the model at, the, at, at this point in time. It is that we have an exclusive uh, reseller, which is Showdown, who if you want to buy any inventory, and we're talking pre-rolls here, uh, and, and display ads on the Twitch platform in Australia and New Zealand that 
Aussies and Kiwis will see when they open up the, the, the site, then it goes through Showdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. And touching on revenue streams for Twitch um, streamers. So this is something that, you know, we chat a lot about in Big 002, I believe, with Anything for Views, who's a streamer that, you know, a lot of people know quite well for his controversial topics. And, you know, I've chatted about this in 001 with uh, with Tech City, who's a technology YouTuber as well. What what are some of the most popular Twitch revenue streams that you see and, and why are they important rather than just relying on direct ads, which is what a lot of people who aren't involved in the scene think that it is? Yeah, sure. It's so we have what three f- three major revenue streams, and then uh, a fourth, which is which allows our uh, our partners to create merchandise, basically. But we have subscribers, which is a, a different subscriber to a YouTube subscriber, which is our followers. A subscriber is somebody that pays either five, ten, or twenty five dollars per month to support a channel directly. So that is then a rev share that we take and they take on that. Um, And then that will go to, they will then get a badge to show them, to show that they support that channel directly. The best way that I can explain it is you can go to a football match and wear your own clothing, but you can also buy a jersey. You can spend an extra $120, buy the jersey and go to the match and feel like this is part of your family. This this is your home, and this is how people feel that are subbing. It's it's that I am supporting you directly. I love being here. Thank you for the content that you produce. If you want to be a little more off the cuff and um, a little, what's the word I'm looking for here? A little more. I was going to say sporadic, but that's not the word I'm looking for. Uh, I'd say just off the cuff, and you want to give an instant. Hey, I thought you completing that level, or I thought that piece of content that you just made was unbelievably funny. I am really, I'm like, I, there are tears streaming down my face right now. Here, have a, and what's called a cheers, which is a virtual currency that you, you purchase the currency from uh, the Amazon store, and then you can cheers the content provider, which gives them that revenue, uh, which is very similar to a donation, but the donation is third party, doesn't go through Twitch, but then you have the the potential issue of chargebacks, which is why we made Cheers, which was kind of the, hey, you, you're more than welcome to use the donation side of things, but the Cheers is just that safeguard that once you see that money go to you, that is your money, you know that's coming directly to you. So for someone to be uh, eligible for, for these kind of things, it means they need to be partnered with Twitch. And, and- Not anymore. Okay. That- yeah. So it used to be up until about a month ago, but since then the affiliate program means that uh, you can get cheers and you can have a subscription button as an affiliate as well. The difference being you don't get the same level of support as a partner would and you don't get, so what I was talking about before with emotes. So emotes are a massive, uh, massive thing on Twitch where that, that's what show you use those to show your emotion and to show hype and to show that you are part of that channel. Uh, affiliates will only get one per uh, per sub level, so one per one for five dollars, one for ten dollars, and one for twenty five dollars. Whereas partners will continually up- unlock more and more emotes. Mm. So, um, yep, yep, yeah. So, talking about the full partnership, and and you know, I mentioned that at the start, which is one of your job roles. What 
what are some of the major things that you take into account when someone is is looking to partner with with Twitch and what are some of the goals that they should look towards? In, in all honesty, you actually touched on some of them before where we look just as much as you do to see what people are talking about in chat, to see what kind of content they're making, to see how how inclusive their community is. If I can go into somebody's chat and say, hello, and I get 20 to 30 people, and this is, uh, if I took off my stuff badge, made another account and went into somebody's channel and just said, hi, how many people are going to make me feel welcome? What's the vibe like in that channel? Because obviously not every single content creator is a PG rated. Hello, lovely, welcome, like, mm. you know, neighbor next door. Some of them are a bit crass and they're actually, but they're really funny and they toe that line really well and they're smart about what they do. But do I feel like I can be part of that joke or do I feel like it's a bit of an in crowd and what are you doing here, boy? Mm. We don't take kindly to you around here. So that sort of situation. It's, it's all of those sort of factors. Plus, what content are you making? Are you making really interesting new content? And there's a, there, are, there are a few new uh, partners that I have seen that are making really interesting new content. Um, well, one of my favorite things at the moment is that there's, it started off as one girl, and I will, uh, I'll, I'll give her a plug because she's fantastic. Uh, her name's Lara A663. She is a concert pianist who has been doing been basically taking requests and and putting and just basically she can learn a song off the one listen to it she's awesome uh, i'm just going to make sure i got i'm sorry the numbers are wrong because of dyslexia and all that it's lara 6683 but then she's actually got a because she's in that space and in that world she's found a drummer that also loves to do the same thing so now they're collaborating and she has another friend who is a concert pianist who is also incredible and he is now twitch streaming on his own channel and but they will come and collaborate on her channel now. So there's this really interesting dynamic happening just because she was talented, but just wanted to throw her talent out there. And now is getting all of these great rewards because people are realizing how good she is. Mm. Uh, so that there's, there's that sort of factor to it. It's just at the end of the day, look, some of it being very honest will be subjective in, in a way of, Hey, do I find this entertaining or does whoever looking at the application find this entertaining? Because some people go, yeah, this is really entertaining. And look, if there is an audience out there that says, yes, this is entertaining, we will take their, their voice over ours. But if we're on the fence about someone, we will look at it and go, is, is this actually entertaining? Like, what is it about the, this content that has made me smile or laugh or cry or whatever it may be? What emotion has it invoked? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think – you could almost say there's different flavors, right? When this is one thing that I touched on a lot talking to some of the reviewers before looking at um, someone like Tech City who we advertise with at Corsair, you know, we call him the the Aussie larrikin of tech. You've got Hardware Unboxed who is the spreadsheet master. He's amazing at benchmarks and knowing how many yep. FPS this graphics card is going to get versus this one at what temperature and what the overclocks will do. You've got Rocket Jump Ninja who's been playing Quake for 18 years and, and can, yep. you know, aim amazingly at any mouse and you've got exactly the same that and i guess once again that that does come back to a bit of branding you know you've got yeah you've got oasis overwatch who, who we work with who's always you know, I, I kind of explain her to some new people as sunshine and rainbow she's always so happy always so positive <laughs> you've got 
you've got creator who can get a bit mad, but he's always fired up. You know that every single time you go into creator's stream, he's going to be yelling. He's going to be having a great time. The camera is going to be yeah. zoomed right in on his face. You're going to have a laugh. You know, you go to loser fruit because she'll do things you don't expect her to do dancing in Ikea or, you know, yeah. dancing in the hyper X booth or just lots of, <laughs> lots of dancing, I guess. But yeah, you know, but, I mean, the, all of those, t- all of those that you've just said there, every one of those Twitch streamers that you mentioned is engaging and entertaining in a different way. Mm. It's not to say just because I don't find something funny, I don't think they're funny. If I can see, I can, I can take a step back and go, why do other people find this funny? Okay. I can understand why other people find this funny. Mm. So it's still that sort of, you're, you're right that they, they do have different flavors, but that's the brilliance of it all. That's the fact that, I will go, I will openly say these people are way more talented than me. And that's the greatness of having a platform where just go, just go and do whatever you want to do and show yourself off to the world and see what sticks. Yeah. So touching back on what you were saying about campaigns and such, Twitch in Australia and New Zealand ran the grassroots campaign, um, you know, trying to trying to unearth some of the some of the streamers, I guess, a triple J unearth vibe almost. Yeah, very <laughs> much, to be honest, it was, yeah, it was basically that. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, there you go. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it was taken from that same idea. Yeah. So, so, so what would you say the goals of that campaign were? In, and once again, how do you measure success for a campaign like that? I, for me, okay, so that, that all started because of what I was saying before, in that Australia's biggest strength is also its biggest weakness in that we're English speaking. And what you'll actually tend to find, and this is something that's quite interesting, is that a lot of people won't watch Aussie streamers. They will to an extent, but then they'll go want to go and watch all the big streamers because that's what everyone's watching. So you'll end up finding that a lot of... Aussie streamers are in, stuck in this world, and especially with how poor the internet is, they're stuck in this world of, okay, do I try and get this, a starting point of Aussie viewers because I know they're going to support me and back me way more than the global viewers that I get to begin with because I'm an Aussie, and, you know, that home pride. Um, I'm, I get to go and see these guys. I, get to, I could get a community together and we could go and go bowling if we wanted to, you know, it's, it's a lot easier to bring a home crowd to start rooting for you and then go global. But because of how poor our internet is, you've got a couple of different scenarios. Scenario number one is that a streamer has NBN isn't partnered, which means that they may not have video quality controls, which then means that not everyone in Australia can watch them which is a really big detriment when you're trying to start out as an Aussie streamer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got scenario two where you've got terrible internet and you've just got to be stupidly entertaining to try and, and find an audience. And the Aussies are going to be way more, uh, they're, they're going to be way, way more lenient because uh, knowing that you can only stream at 480 because everyone goes, I know what that feels like. Mm-hmm. But then you've got an American going, I don't understand. I have a gig up and down. What's, what's the issue here? Mm. You know, so, so it's kind of, there are really talented Aussie streamers and Kiwi streamers that have to make really tough decisions before they even start putting themselves out there. And in some regards, that's not fair compared to the rest of the world. So this really, the, the grassroots was basically a, how can we give those guys, the talented people that should be, I, I, in my mind, when, whenever I was looking at any of these applications, the, basically what made me decide on the people that I decided on, 
are if they kept streaming as much as they do, if they kept to a regular schedule, should these people be partnered? And the answer should be yes. They should be partnered within three to six months, like absolute maximum. And that was the idea behind it is that are these people, these are the people that need that little push because I, I genuinely think they deserve to be partnered. I just can't do it until they have that a big enough community that, uh, that we can put them through the system. So, you know, thinking about a general PR job or a role such as mine, we have our media ranked in tiers from from one, two, and three. And that that goes back similar to like what you were saying about grassroots people, you know, tier one media, whether it be official or unofficial, those are the kind of people that we're more likely to advertise with. We're more likely to pay to go overseas to Taiwan or to come to our launch events um, and, and to get pre-NDA products compared to tier two are people who might get some pre-NDA products or they might get products on the launch date or the second round and and three are the ones that we think are up and coming and we will be able to, you know, pass them review samples every now and then or, or maybe advertise or work with them but not in the same capacity. Is is that something that you have at Twitch as a global thing or is it just partners versus associates versus non-partnered? Yeah, look, I, I think very much by default you will always end up with that sort of scenario. I think you will always have the um, – for people to not be associates, they need to be not streaming at all. So it's kind of like, well, you you need to stream, guys. Come on. Then you've got your associates who are starting that grind and and really growing their their audience. And then yes, partners will always get priority over uh, associates because they will be the ones given first access to any beta products we have. They will be the ones that get the first invites to any events that we're putting on. They're the ones mm. that um, they're the ones that that. Get those, you know, the the ones that get the drinks whenever we we put something on because they're the guys that have spent a lot of time building their brand with us and working in partnership with us, and we want to reward them. And that that's a, a big mantra that we really have is that we have a close connection, a close relationship to our partners because they're making content, we're providing the platform, and it works in a really good. <laughs> I'm going to use a, a business buzzword now from probably four years ago, synergy, <laughs> where, you know, it's it, – that, but it absolutely is. So, of course, we reward those guys. Uh, and then, look, there, there are always going to be people that we've entrusted with some – let's say we've entrusted with confidential information before and they've given us good feedback and we know that they give us good feedback. So there's always going to be a pocket of people – who, when we ask them for feedback or when we need feedback, those are going to be the first people that we go to because they've been very objective with us or they've been they've given us really good feedback or a really good idea that we didn't even think of and we go, I actually, thank you so much. That's a really good idea. So just by purely the way natural, just naturally how things progress in the digital world in terms of it's just so much feedback at times that when you get people that, know how to do it constructively and, and give good feedback, of course you end up going back to these people. But it, we won't, we'd also like to give as many chances as possible to as many people as we can from the partnership side of things as well. So Aidan Hiko asks on the Oceania Esports and Gaming Business Facebook group, he, he wanted to know um, about the analytics and something that we chatted about before for yep. someone who wants to learn a little bit more about other streamers or maybe even sponsor a streamer or manage or work with them anyway. What kind of analytics are, are Twitch making public that, that people can, can judge how, how large or what kind of ROI they can get? I mean, really, 
anything we make public is for a reason, right? So we, as I was saying before, we have billions upon billions of pieces of data that we can form into however we want to make it form. There's a, but there's got to be a reason that we put those pieces of data together and tell it as a story. So ultimately it comes down to, look, if you want to talk individually and say, hey, there's a request I have because of this, if I can then turn around and say, hey, this is actually, this could be a really good story for the market look, for, across, for a lot of different reasons, then it'll be something that I'll put together with our PR team and we'll release in, in the proper channels, basically. Mm-hmm. If there's a specific, if a publisher comes to me and says, hey, I want some game-specific data, then that, at the end of the day, that's their game and we're working with their game as well. So, you know, that that's something that I'd be more than happy to give them that data. But if you're talking more broader analytics, then, yeah, it, it really is down to what is that, what is worth putting together time and energy and, a story because it takes time at the end of the day. And you, you would know this as well from, from what you have to do, that putting together any analytics isn't just a case of run a report, put it out there. It is something that you have to make sure that it works contextually with whatever you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And that is something that needs to go out with the right messaging. And that's why you need to get the PR team involved. It's why you have to get the guys and the higher ups involved because they need to make sure that the messaging that we're putting out is the proper messaging as well. Um, so, and, and as I say, unfortunately, the, the only thing that's out there really, you can Google Twitch analytics and that's what we put out there specifically because we, and that, that's the story that we've wanted to put out there. If there are any, if you have a proposal as to why you want analytics, like want some information and we can actually, I can sit there and go, that actually makes a lot of sense as to why the broader audience should know about this. Then uh, we can put a case together. I can put a case together internally, and then we can see if we can put that story together. So, I- expanding on the the sponsorship and the analytics part as well, when when would you advise a streamer to start looking for sponsors, and and what kind of tiers, once again, to use that word, would you rank the sponsors as? You know, whether it's a streamer looking for something such as just a, a free mouse mouse pad to review, yep. or whether they're looking for a full on financial sponsorship. So this is actually going to be a really open and it's open answer, but I really genuinely believe this, that it's whatever works for both of you. And what I mean by that is if you are at the point where whoever the partner, whoever the brand is that is coming to you and says, hey, I'll give you a free, let's, let's just say it was a mouse because that was the example used. I have a free mouse for you to give away. If, the, if that brand who is providing that mouse uh, makes so much more return on investment and it outweighs the benefit monumentally to them compared to you, then at that point in time, you should be charging for that because they're coming to you for a reason. If it is some, it, And that's what I mean by it completely depends on where the balance lies because some people still are building their brand and giveaways work perfectly with their audience. Some people... They, people know that they use a certain type of mouse. Another mouse has come along and that it means nothing. Mm. So ultimately what that mouse is doing is trying to get in, in front of the eyeballs of that audience. So they are using it. It is a pure marketing piece. So it, really, there are going back to what you're saying in terms of when do you start doing it, I would say as soon as you have an audience, I would start talking to brands just because you have a small audience doesn't mean brands don't want anything to do with you. 
because there are people that you, if you come up to a brand and, and speak properly and say, hey, this is what I'm doing and um, this is where I plan to be going and you show some form of initiative and some form of um, understanding of what the brand needs and if the brand just wants to do some small activations, they may be perfect. So really they should be reaching out almost immediately when they get a um, when they get an audience as long as they understand what they need to do in return because I think that's the biggest issue. Yeah, and you know one, one thing that I talk to some of the people I mentor about really is is two main topics is don't sell yourself short and also first impressions matter. And you know not selling yourself short will mean don't just approach companies and say, Hey, can I have one mouse pad to give away? Or, you know, can I have one mouse pad to use on my stream or, you know, insert company name. I think you're the best ever. Um, can I please have free keyboard gift, please? (laughs) You know, that kind of stuff. And, but, but then also, you know, a lot of it is don't approach too early and approach with the right thing in mind. And like what you were saying. What do you mean? What do you mean by don't approach too early? Are you talking if they are too small, a, a channel or are you talking when they're just not prepared. I think it's a bit of both. I mean, you know, and like we were saying before, you really need to you really need to know how to contact people without being annoying, but also contact people with something in mind. And dot points are king, and that's one thing that I always talk about and I'll always believe in. Contacting a company with exactly like what you said, whether it's in person, whether it's through a Twitter DM or a cold LinkedIn message or a cold email, it's hey, I'm I'm this streamer. This is what I'm about this is kind of what I'm looking for. Can you, you know, I'd, I'd love to, to work with a partnership with you because I like this specific part of your brand or this specific mm. part of your product. Do a little bit of research. Say, you know, hey, HP, I'd love to work with you because your Omen logo is black and red. My branding is black and red. I think your PCs yep. are awesome. I love the giveaway you did at PAX where my friend won it. I love the work you do with Muselk. I'd like to do something similar. But, you know, if, if it's not, a, here, here is all my statistics. Here's when I stream and that kind of stuff. And if you come to them with something specific in mind and you actually think about, hey, what do they want to get out of this relationship? And also what do I want to get out of this relationship, which people don't necessarily think about one or, or both sides, then the company representative on the other side, whether they work with you or not in the short term or even the long term, will come back with with a tangible yeah. offer or tangible information to you. For me, if a streamer comes to me in a Corsair sense, and this is just, you know, everybody's a human being. If someone comes to me and says, hi, give me a free mouse, I'm <laughs> not going to reply to them in the yeah. same with the same kind of information or sometimes even at all if I'm really busy at that particular time and I miss the message compared yeah. to if they were to come to me with a full dot point list. So I've had a few streamers I- who are now on my on my watch list, uh, which, which sounds terrible, but in a good way, um, who <laughs> no, come to me and said, still great, man. It's, it's the new world. Yeah, exactly. Who, who have come to me and said, Hey, uh, you know, I use Corsair products right now, you know, even 50%, whatever. I really like this new mouse you guys have launched. Um, yep. you know, I'm, I'm open to doing some partnerships on a partnered streamer. I get a concurrent 80 viewers on average. Um, you know, I like the work you've done with ammunition overseas or, you know, I like Bahira's muscles. He's sexy, plays World of Warcraft, et cetera. And for that kind of stuff, that, that will then mean I can come back to them and say, Hey, you know, we're not looking for this kind of sponsorship at this time, but here's how you could get to that aspect. 
um, and and here's what we're looking for as a sponsor. So this is a talk that I did to a lot of the streamers at the course launch party where I said, you know, here's some invaluable information for all of you who are here, the, the guys and girls that attended. This is the way that we'll be working in Australia. We'll be working with you. You know, we won't necessarily give out one mouse or two two mice. The way that Corsair likes to work as a company is we will go all out. We will be giving you, you know, a, a bunch of products. We'll be doing monthly giveaways. We'll invite you to events like we just had um, uh, Oasis streaming live at RF Land in Perth, which you flew over the other side of the country for, gave away a computer. You know, we'll be helping you out. If you want to get another sponsor on board and, and you want us to help read the contract to make sure it's okay, as long as that's legally okay, you know, we're happy to give you some advice on that stuff. We're happy to to bounce things back and forward. And, and you know, if you need more support from us, let us know. If, if you've been offered six times as much from a competitor's brand, let us know. We can have a chat about it. You know, maybe some avenues will open up, maybe they won't. So, you know, I guess that's a really long way of me saying that when, you know, when you're approaching a company, don't go, just go to them and say, hey, give me stuff or don't say, hey, what can you give me? Or, hey, here's who I am. Kind of have that whole thing, even in just dot points. And it can be six dot points in total. It can be, hi, my name's Mayo. I get 50 concurrent streamers. I play CSGO. I stream three days a week. That's that's who I am. Um, I'm approaching yep. Corsair because I like your new Glaive RGB mouse. Uh, I'm looking for, you know, a mouse on stream. I play CSGO. I use a mouse cam. And it's exactly what Kano did for me. And I got him a free keyboard. Um, you know, I play Osu. It's very keyboard related. I, I love your Corsair keyboards. I use a keyboard cam. I'll do a video on it. I'll stream for this many hours. Um, you know, you can. And I said, yeah, that's good. Or if not, this Hello. is why. I, what, what you tend to find as well, and I imagine uh, this is just from talking to streamers, and I haven't been on your side of the fence, but you'll tend to find, especially with the smaller streamers, and why, why, don't, why you don't count them out, is that a lot of them will approach you because they are fans of the product in the first place. So there is no better advertisement than to say, we're backing a genuine fan of our product that is also very talented. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that... That's that's where things like packs and that's where things like the land parties are really important. Make sure that you're open to people coming in and explaining who they are. And look, some of them aren't, in all honesty, won't get somewhere because they they don't offer anything new. But you can't discuss. It's, it's like anything. You some people are going to be better than others at, at, at everything. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's just kind of a, a semi rant from me saying, you know, just know where you're at and, and also think yeah. about, think about what the other side of the fence is thinking of. Think about, you know, Corsairs makes a lot of peripherals. So they want me to use some peripherals on stream. So if I just wear their shirt, you know, that doesn't mean as much as if I was endorsing their products. And that goes back to what you were saying and exactly how I work with Oasis. She can pick any Corsair product she wants. I send her extras, I send her spares and say, hey, you know, we want you to actually use products you like on stream because coming from a semi-professional esports uh, background myself, I don't want to use a mouse that makes me worse at games, that's uncomfortable and a headset that hurts my ears. And streamers are playing, sitting down on a chair just as long as a, as a semi-pro or a professional esports person is as well. So there's no way they're yeah. going to want to use something that, you know, something that they're not, they're not interested in. So, you know, moving on to a bit of a different topic, how do you find that, that Twitch might support their audience, but also their content creators more than some other platforms might? What makes Twitch different as a business? I think we are pretty open about things. 
We genuinely are. And I believe we're in this world now. And I think it's taken a few brands and it's, it's still going to take some brands to time to catch up where things don't have to be perfect anymore. We are in a world where our audience, and maybe this is just the, the audience that we've, we know, our audience does not demand perfection from us. Our audience demands that we listen to them and can have a conversation with them when things go wrong. And that is genuinely where we, we sit, and which is why we take a lot of, like, you won't see a Twitch advertisement anywhere at this, at this point in time, you won't have seen Twitch ad- advertised on TV. And that's because we took that budget that businesses usually take and put it into the partnerships team, where we are a group of people that at the end of the day, we're, we're imperfect people, but we understand the platform and we understand where people are coming from and we understand that it's hard and sometimes it's really hard and you can have that conversation with us. And if you have tech issues, we have probably experienced half of those tech issues and sometimes we haven't. And we can call on a community and say, Hey guys, who's, does anyone know how to do this? And we can all band together as a community and work things out. And I think that is one of the biggest things that I love about working at this company is that it's not, we're not, so we're not forced to step away from the community. In fact, we're encouraged to get involved and get in there and go for a drink with a streamer and go for a drink, go for a meal with a partner and go for, you know what I mean? It's just actually having those one-on-one conversations that half the time people, if they're frustrated about something, you have one conversation with them and go, okay, tell me about well, what's going on. Why, why is this irritating to you? Mm-hmm. Uh, we can then get that information and go, okay, this guy is really irritated at this. And we can talk directly to the product managers and they can then say, oh, we actually thought about that as well. But here's the reason why we didn't go with it. And I can relay that information. So it's a really, really big communication piece that we really want our community to be part of. And if we make a product that people just go, nah, don't like it, this is crap, we listen to them. And not every product we put out will be the best product. It can't be the best product by very definition. But as long as you are there listening to your community, explaining why they don't like it, and you're actually listening to them, I think that is where we sit. And I think that's where Twitch as a platform has a really strong stance at the moment. Yeah. So you chatted about Twitch being, you know, something that's quite new age and and something that's come up. Do you yourself see Twitch as something that's almost a fad? Do you see it as the next magazines or do you see it more as a long-term thing where people can actively engage and that requires, you know, people to keep coming back and go on for a long time? I mean, the reason that I can't see it being a fad and look, I'm sure people that worked in magazines at the time thought the exact same thing of, oh, you know, we connect really well. But at the end of the day, what we are doing is we're literally just giving the tools for people to use to connect to other human beings, right? That, that is it. That is literally we are here as a company to give people a push in the right direction and to give them the tools that give them a better ability to connect with other human beings. So it's really hard to turn around and say, Something is a fad when all you are literally doing on the absolute base level is connecting with other people that have the same interests as you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. That's a, I'd say that's an acceptable answer for sure. And, you know, moving on to, to, I guess, going back to a topic and we're, we're jumping a bit forward and a bit back here because, because Twitch and content creation and dare I say the word influences uh, <laughs> as such a broad and, and, you know, topic that so many different people know so many different things about and, and different sections. What, what would you say in your experience that are a couple of things that streamers are doing wrong right now? Are there, you know, when people are applying to you for partnerships, is there things wrong in there? Is, is it wrong branding or is it a starting wrong or in the midterm wrong or finishing wrong? You know, how do you see that? It's, I mean, it's, it's such a case by case. I'd say some of them things that I see that go wrong a lot um, I'd say you're not understanding what your point of difference is, is a big one. I've, I've seen a few people who will literally just apply with the same thing saying, um, yeah, I play these games, therefore I'll partner me. And, but that doesn't mean anything. You know what I mean? That, that is just you sitting down. And actually one of the biggest mistakes that I think people starting out make is that when you are streaming, you are not in you. You are not saying to a person, "Yeah, I'm going to play some games. You can watch if you want." You are turning around to an audience and saying, "Hey, I would love. To, I welcome to my community. Welcome to the way that I play my games. It's a little bit different from everyone else, and here's why." Because there are a number of people that I've seen that literally you get into their stream and maybe they say some things to you, maybe they don't, but they just, they look like they don't care. And they look like, oh yeah, watch if you want, I don't really give a shit. And look, some people that works, right? But at the same time, it's very, very minimal that you as a, if somebody, if, if I go into two different streams that have started at exactly the same time and I get a, hey man, thank you so much for following like, I can't wait to see you more often and a, oh, hey, which one am I going to stay around in? Mm. And that, of course, you're going to go to the one that naturally feels more like I'm welcome in this place. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't get that. A lot of people just think it's, I put my game on, I stream, why aren't people watching me? And it's not just about that. It's because you are not making any emotional connection with these people at all. So yeah, so spinning that around and and um, expanding on a topic that we chatted about before, who who are a few of your Triple J Unearth streamers? Who are your Twitch Unearth streamers that you think people should go and check out right now for whatever I, reason? I mean, it's, this one's a bit of a cop out because he's come from TV, but just because he, I'm, I'm so impressed with the way that he's transformed from TV into Twitch is Bajo. I don't know if you've seen any of his streams, but mm. they are mental. Yep. They're absolutely mental, but they are brilliant because they are just, everything he does is all about his community. It's about make it all the memes he makes, all of the transitions he makes, everything. The guy has literally had a stream where he sat on a stream and kissed well over 200 cards because he was mailing every one of those cards out to someone. <laughs> and that is that is interaction. That is really growing a community because not only are you saying one of these cards is going to you, but you are sitting there and saying, this is how many people like, thank you to everyone at the same time. You are still interacting with an audience. You are still saying every one of you matter. Like the fact that I'm willing to sit here and kiss 200 cards means that every single one of you matter. And it's the same with like, he's not a new streamer anymore, but 
when you're talking about someone that makes an audience feel like they matter, Cray, as you mentioned before, Crayder, will every minute he will have gone through almost every single person that said something in his chat. Mm. He will turn around and ask, he will not ask a question to chat. He will ask a question to, uh, he will ask a question to you. He will ask a question to me. So he'll go through and go, hmm, what do you think of pineapples, nano, mayo? You know what I mean? He's, mm. he's engaging people. Yeah. And that's the difference between somebody that just goes, what do you guys think of pineapples? Write something if you want. Then, hey, what do you think? Directly, what do you think? You, you matter to me. I want your opinion. And it's a skill. It's a real skill for people to have. And it's the reason that he's growing so much. Yeah. And I, I think I actually burst out laughing once when he was raging on, on Overwatch and then he, he did exactly what you said and he started listing names. He was yelling and I'm yep. angry and I'm angry Mayo and Lewis and Campbell. <laughs> and I was like, I did not expect that at all. No, you yeah. don't. But that's, and that's, but that's the point of difference that he has over everyone else. You feel welcome in his stream than anyone else's stream because he will ask you a question by name. Mm. He wants you there. He wants every single person there, and he he's willing to keep people to keep up the hype so that people feel welcome there. Yeah, and I think I find that's a that's a big part of you know I watched a few documentaries on mukbang where people watch other people eat, and there's been IRL streams, and also the whole phenomena around Patreon subscribing and Twitch subscribing, and you know even YouTube subscribing to a fact, and and people just want to be recognised and they want to be featured on these certain streams, and they want that streamer who's loser fruit with one thousand seven hundred concurrents to say, hey, uh, thanks for supporting me for twelve months, May. You're the best kind of thing, and people yeah. want that validation. Would you agree? Of course, but that, that's the whole point of any. It's the same reason you buy a season ticket to go see the Manly Sea Eagles because you feel welcome in that place. You feel that when I have finished work or if you've had to stand up at, I, I used to work at yeah, Murphy's, I would stand on a register for eight hours serving people and some of them would look, some of them had serious <laughs> liver damage issues and you, you had to sit there and go, oh, okay. This sucks. This utterly sucks that this is my life at the moment. And for some people, all they want to do when they get home is get into a place where they feel happy mm. and feel welcome in a place. And that, for some people, is sports. For that, it's the same reason that you support a, a football team because you feel like you're part of that tight knit community. And when you go into Loser Fruits Channel, for example, and Loser Free turns around and says, the person that is running the channel validates the reason for you being there because you are supporting them and you are welcome at this place and everyone else says you're welcome at this place. Of course it makes you feel good. And it should do because you are welcome in a community. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, going t- switching that around once again, who, who would you classify as maybe the top three or the biggest streams in Australia? Obviously, we've talked about Loser Fruit a lot with, you know, multiple thousand yeah. concurrent viewers. Who are some of the other larger ones? Some of the big guys. I mean, it depends on what you're talking about as well. And some of it is very game related. I mean, you've got someone like Ozlove who does a lot of Pokemon streaming that becomes huge whenever a new Pokemon game comes out. Um, excessive profanity is just one of these very rare streamers that can just play whatever the hell he wants and will always be big. Um, but then you really, you've got people who really grew in the, let's say a destiny community. And because there's not really been any destiny content for a while, they're kind of spreading out a little bit like lorry pops, a girl over in New Zealand who 
really grew with that community. Mm. And she will get a massive influx of viewers again when Destiny 2 drops because that that's what everyone knows her for. Um, so to say who's the biggest, it really it does fluctuate. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't I can't really give you a top three because of very different different varieties of reasons. Uh, at the same time, though, I mean you've always got your excessive. You've got your wilds. You've got your. Uh, I'm trying to think. I'm, Bajo is getting quite big at the moment, but then you've got some other people like Ziggy D, who is a brilliant caster as well. Chinglish is another big one. So all of these guys are very different in the way that they cast, all of them different in games that they play, but they all they all have their own different audiences. So if I'm a streamer looking to get to the, the Chinglish level, the Ziggy D level, what yep. kind of online content do you suggest that I take a look at to read up and learn a bit, little bit more about this branding, about this, how to name your projects, what games to play, when to stream, et cetera? It's so hard to tell that because you've first got to understand what sort of a person you are. Because if you are playing a game in the same way that you wouldn't sponsor somebody that doesn't like Corsair products, because there's no point, because that is just going to be somebody sitting there for eight hours trying to pretend that they like your stuff because you've paid them, but they actually really don't. Mm. And in the same way, if you're playing a game that you don't like, there's no point because the audience, it's, it's live. It's not like you can do hard cuts and do this. Hey, guys, love this game. Check it out. It's literally you for however long you're streaming for going, okay, I really don't want to do this. You know what I mean? It's so, first of all, I would always say pick games that you enjoy playing because that you, you can't not. Because if you do that, you just don't have the energy because it's hard. You need a lot of energy to put everything together and to get to events and to market yourself and to keep your social media going and to stick to a schedule. And then most of the time we're talking about new people here. So either working full time or you've got school or you've got uni or whatever other outside factors are happening or your mum wants to go on a camping trip or so whatever the, the case may be, you've got to make sure that you have your energy, that you can put everything into what you want to do with it. Yeah. So I'll, yeah, ultimately it is literally a, you have to pick a game that you like and then having a look at what other people do. Of course, always, like, in the same way that music is always influenced by other music and movies are always influenced by other movies. Of course, look at other streamers. See what works for people. See what doesn't work for people and then work out your own niche from there. And I think the energy is something that we haven't discussed that's a big part and, and a bit of an unknown part to a lot. And that's something that Steve O'Live has kind of uh, conveyed to me quite well when we first chatted and, and before I ran a bit of a test and marketing campaign with him doing Corsair member last year where all of November he gave away a bunch of products each week. And, you know, once again, to any streamers listening, that's a great idea to get in with the company because <laughs> it worked for him. Um, but, you know, he was saying about he feels the pressure when he's on the front page or he's hosted by a large international streamer to put on that extra energy to be, you know, hey, I'm number one, most entertaining, fun, Taiwan number one streamer that you guys should stay around and watch forever because he prefers to have his close knit audience that's been slowly developing over time, which is what he does have. And that's, you know, an interesting thing. So do you find that with some of the other streamers as well, that they prefer just to have theirs and not grow too quickly? Because, you know, in a traditional business, growing too quickly can be an issue. Do you find that comes across into Twitch streams as well? 
Of course. I mean, it, it's, it's always a shock to the system for anyone because especially like you were saying, if they feel that they need to change who they are, because the one thing I will say is that really ultimately what you're trying to convey to these people and what you should be conveying to these people is that you are the same, whether you come back today, tomorrow, the next day, whatever the content will have changed because, or the, the story of that day will have changed but ultimately, you know what you're coming in to expect. So if somebody follows you from the front page and then comes in another time, they go, ah, well, this isn't what it was like last time. You know I mean? So it, it's always good to have these big moments, but at the same time, it is weighing up that, do I put the extra effort in, uh, extra energy in, and make it seem like I'm, I am, I'm bigger than I am? Mm. That, I mean, that, that's always going to be a big question for people. I on I would personally say try and keep it to exactly the same. But if you know you've just had a thousand people come in, of course you want to try and impress them because ultimately, so for a lot of people, this is their career and this is their main source of income. And if you have an opportunity to grab the attention of more people, you should w- want to do that, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, then how do you keep it to what? How do you make sure people understand what to expect from your channel at the same time? So, yeah, it, it's it's definitely a hard one. Because what there is no answer to that because you always emotion is always going to take over. Um, I think some people though will flourish with that, and some people will put the extra effort in. But it will actually seem like yes, it's extra effort, but you know, you still understand what you're getting from my streams, right? Mm-hmm. And some people just can't do that. So again, it's you know what? It's almost every answer with any streamer is it's so case by case because every single person is so different. And I'm going to, it's, it's kind of ripped straight from SPS, but you know, that whole 7 billion stories and counting thing. Mm. It's, it's a similar sort of concept where every streamer is so unbelievably different and every streamer may have had a good or a bad day. It's, it's one of those, you just, you just don't know. You, you, there is no definitive answer. The only thing we can do, and this is coming back to what I was saying before is be human about the whole thing and say, okay, let's have a talk about what just happened or let's have a talk about what's going to happen. How do you feel about the whole thing? And sometimes they'll go, I feel great. I can't wait. And sometimes they'll go, I'm way too nervous for this. I can't do it. And you go, okay, man, let's, let's pull, pull the reins back a bit and let's, let's ease into it a bit more. Yeah. So wrapping up, uh, episode double A a bit. If someone was applying to Lewis at Twitch for a partnership, what are some of the questions they should ask themselves before clicking the go button? I think the biggest ones are what is my community like? Um, what is the, my content like? What is the story I am telling? Yeah, that's pretty concise. That's good. So if someone wants to follow you, Lewis, what you're doing and, and also what you're working in, how can they do that? Uh, mostly Twitter is the easiest. I am at Louis Mitch on Twitter. All right. Thank you very much for joining us today, Lewis. And thank you for listening to episode double eight of the Business in Games podcast. Who would you like us to chat to? You can contact us at Business in Games on Twitter and also Business in Games on Facebook. Or if you want to chat about anything that happened in the episode today or suggest anything else for the future, make sure you're headed to the Oceania Esports and Gaming Business Group on Facebook. You can follow our guest today, Lewis, at Louis Mitch on Twitter. 
or you can follow me myself, your host, at Smithy Mayo on Twitter or at facebook.com forward slash Smithy Mayo. Thanks for listening in, guys, and we'll catch you in the next one. Here at Business and Games, we exclusively use Rowey AU for all of our audio engineering needs. If you're looking for voiceovers, audio editing, or on-location recording, contact him today at Rowey underscore AU on Twitter.